Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help you expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Hello and welcome to Still Growing in Grace. I'm so glad you came back to join me this week for another exciting time of sharing about how good God is, how much better he is than what we may have been told. And today is, again, another big news day. Uh, Of all the topics I've covered so far, I think today is one of the most important. In fact, in a number of weeks, I'm hoping to do an entire series on just this topic. And that topic is the topic of forgiveness. What is it? How does Jesus deal with it? Uh, How does Jesus view us? How does he view sin? And how does he view humanity? That's going to be today's topic. But before I get into today's time, I'd like to uh, say thank you to those who've reached out to me uh, via the website, through Facebook, through email, uh, saying that you're listening and from where you're listening. I'm surprised at how many people in the USA are listening online or watching the videos online. Keep in mind, uh, if you're hearing this in local radio, that's in the Kitchener-Waterloo area. But This is also available on podcast, live streaming for those who listen online live, which is available anywhere in the world thanks to the internet. Faith FM has uh, a link on their site so everything can be heard live. And secondly, or thirdly, uh, everything's on YouTube. This very talk is shared on YouTube every week. Therefore, there's an archive of great news systematically, gently, and slowly being shared with you about who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you. That's what I want this show to be about. I want us to be encouraged every time we hear something. I've grown up in the church. I have grown up a good Christian boy, so to speak. In fact, I'm not sure if I shared some of my story here or not. If I have, I've forgotten. But it doesn't hurt because we still have new listeners all the time. But I grew up here in the Kitchener-Waterloo area where this is being recorded. And I, again, I learned about who Jesus was. I learned about who God was. I learned about how to read my Bible. Um, I had faith instilled into me through my parents, through my local church, through the programs in my church. And all that stuff has been tremendously beneficial. There were some really amazing things taught to me as I was growing up. However, where I was in my place in life, through my personal hurts, through my lens of what I was going through, I may not have heard all the true good news. I think, and I'm certain of it, I have taken in many of the Bible stories, many of the sermons and Bible teachings I have learned and heard, and I've filtered it through my own personal experience, which will then trump what the biblical intention may have been. Therefore, here's an example, the story of the prodigal son. We talked about that a number of weeks back. 
But that particular story, I was always told it's the story of God's forgiveness when really it has nothing to do with forgiveness. And that's just a small little piece. Or here's another one that I have shared on this uh, program before. That is uh, Colossians 1.27. Oh yeah, this, this one's awesome. Here's the secret Paul writes. And again, if you've not read Colossians, and especially if you've not read Colossians chapter 1, please go read it when, the, when you're finished viewing this or listening today to today's program. You're going to be tremendously encouraged by what is there in chapter 1 alone. But when I uh, heard uh, Colossians 1.27, and this was about, I I would say, uh, almost 20 years ago now. I've read the verse growing up. Big deal. But 20 years ago, I came to a place of snap my fingers, wake up. Or, wow, this moment, something happened where I saw this verse that I had read so many times, or I may have been taught about it, blah, blah, blah. But in my own mind, something wasn't clicking. There was a hindrance in me preventing me from seeing a deeper, more beautiful understanding of this text. And here's what the text says. Here's the secret. Christ lives in you. Yeah, in you. Well, growing up, with my experience, my lens, I was led to believe that Christ was not in me, but instead he was with me. Therefore, when I am good, he is with me. When I am bad, he has to run away because he can't handle sin. And therefore, uh, he's not with me when I sin. So that was the mentality I had. But here, this verse changes everything. It reminds me that Christ is in me. And the good news for you today, as we are growing in grace, Christ lives in you as well. So the the last number of weeks... um, we have been taking a stock of uh, first we took care of some faulty concepts of who we thought God was. And then we dove into some um, biblical, healthy, historical um, uh, concepts of who we have come to see God in the scriptures. And uh, today I'm going to deal with the topic. How does Jesus view sin and humanity? And I'm going to give you a, a quick hint, especially when it comes to sin. He takes it away. That's the hint for today. So again, I trust my scriptures. I trust the words that have been given to us throughout history uh, to help us uh, see a better and bigger picture of who God is. And regarding this topic of sin, and I, I got to do another breakaway. I'm really sorry about this one. But honestly, if I look at the Western evangelical church today, uh, and, and all I have to do is look at my own church I grew up in. Great church, fine. They taught the love of God. I have been a pastor for 29 years this year. I have also had a heavy, heavy focus for years on this thing called sin. We have a sin obsession. We're obsessed with sin. We're obsessed with preventing people from sinning. And then we, we try to highlight our own self-righteousness, but point out everybody else's unrighteousness and to make us feel better. This is not why Jesus came. Jesus came to bring life, to bring encouragement. He came to reveal the Father, and he came to put away sin. 
So let's take a look at some verses here because uh, I have to. This is, this is where all the meat and potatoes comes from. You can't take my word from it, but I'm encouraging you to go to the scriptures and see the words for yourself in whatever translation you're reading. By the way, don't stick to just one translation. Each one is an interpretation based on the interpreter's understanding. Every single one of them, okay? Every single translation. So make sure you have a few of them. Even if you have access to some of the original languages online, again, multiple places. Don't just go with one source because, again, um, there's, there's a lot to learn there. That's Again, that lesson is for another day. Let's take a look at this thing. How does Jesus view sin and humanity? Let's take a look at Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. It says this. It says, to finish the transgression, and here it is, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness. This is in the Old Covenant. And yes, in a future program, we are going to talk about the difference uh, between the covenants because it is critical that we understand uh, we, the whole scripture is not equally authoritative. Not all of it is written to you. It's written for you to learn from, but it is written, it, it's not to you. There are many things that are for you uh, to benefit from, and there are instructions directly to you and I as believers. But Honestly, you cannot take the old covenant and and try and adhere to those rules because you're not under it. And I'll prove it to you in another show. So if that got your goat going, I'm sorry, but uh, maybe you'll come back and be ready for when I actually dig into this. So that was Daniel 9.24. This is a prophecy of Jesus who came to make an end of sin. Did he do it or not? That's a good question to ask yourself. In Micah chapter 7, verse 19, uh, it says this, He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Hmm. This is Old Covenant. It's forecasting what is coming and how is it going to come? It is going to come through the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a prophetic picture of what will happen as a result of the cross. Another Old Testament verse, Psalm 103, verse 12, it says, and many of you, if you've gone to church for a long time, uh, this is a really popular one, but how about we pause today and actually hear it instead of it just being used as a quick end note at the end of a sermon. Psalm 103.12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. So how far is the east from the west? Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's never ending, unending, far, far, far away. All right. This, this is the promise in Psalm, Psalm 103. Then we have some more verses. Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31, and it says here, sorry, Jeremiah 31, verse 34, it says, And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Did you hear that? Hear it. Clearly, it says, I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. That's right. 
This is a promise. Again, old covenant. And it is fully fulfilled in Jesus Christ at the cross. Oh, this is great news. Well, let's talk about this cross. There was some revelation given in Matthew 121. This is a beautiful picture uh, of prophecy. It's in Matthew 121. It says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And here it is, for he will save his people from their sins. <laughs> this is good news. Do you like good news? I love good news. I really like good news. Uh, let's take another one just for a moment. John 1 29. It says, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I'm not making this up. Please Google it. Go to BibleGateway.com or something and, and type in these verses, John 1, 29, Matthew 1, 21, and see that the words I'm reading to you are there. It says he'll save his people from their sins. He won't remember our sin anymore. He'll take away the sin of the world. It does not say, people, it does not say he'll take away the sin of those who say the prayer. It does not say he'll take away the sin of those who believe. It does not say that. It says something far bigger, far more mind-blowing than we have given Scripture credit. The church in the West has not given credit to some very, very simple verses. It says, God who takes away the sin of the world. Okay, I'm getting a little too excited. I got I to gotta pipe down here. Well, folks, this stuff gets me excited because this is the stuff I did not learn growing up. If I was told, I wasn't in a place to hear it, but I am today. So let's uh, take a quick pause. We'll come back as soon as uh, the, the commercial breaks are over. Looking for adventure in the great outdoors? It's not far from your own backyard at Conestoga River Horseback Adventures. Fun for the whole family or why not your next corporate party? Trail rides are offered all year round and other options like pony rides and birthday parties for the young cowboys and cowgirls. Afterwards, you can relax and keep the party going in their large, comfortable lounge. Conestoga River Horseback Adventures, 519-888-6503 and horsebackadventures.ca. Family run, family owned. So their focus is on you. Conestoga Lodge Retirement Residence is a full-service retirement home in Kitchener. And you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain. They're quality-driven with a focus on each and every individual. Conestoga Lodge offers permanent and short-term stays. To book a free, no-obligation tour, you can call 519-576-2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com. All right, we're back to the second half. Uh, and by the way, if you are listening locally and you recognize any of our sponsors on the radio, I think we have five of them, um, support them. If, if you know them, go for it. There are people who uh, are really good people. There's an auto garage in uh, Elmira Martin's Auto Clinic. Go, go visit them. They're great people with great integrity. I love them. Uh, Kevin and Rick are the key guys over there. So just uh, give them a quick shout out. If you're looking for a retirement home, uh, Conestoga Lodge is fantastic. Uh, they're great people there. Uh, they even have the short stay stuff there, if you know what that means. Those who hear this, they'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, horse, uh, 
horseback riding, you want to do that, Conestoga Adventures are fantastic horseback adventures. Uh, if you need a good realtor, Terry Van Lent is fantastic. Uh, and then Hope Fellowship is definitely on that list. Like this, these are people that are supporting this program. They're excited for the passion of what is being shared. And I hope you'll support them as well. All right, let's get into more of this. How does Jesus view sin and humanity? We just got finished saying in John 1 29 that it says that the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is John the Baptist saying these words. In Matthew 26, 28, and you may be wondering, why are you giving us so many verses? Listen, if there are so many verses in Scripture that are sharing this truth, you ought to know about them. It's not just a kind of a theory. These are sometimes overly blatant texts that will encourage your soul to see a better God than what you may have been told. This is about bringing joy to you. So Matthew 26, 28 in the Passion Translation says this, For this is the blood that seals the new covenant. It will be poured out for many for the complete forgiveness of sins. This is beautiful for the complete forgiveness of sins. And John, 1 John 3, 5, it says this, You know that he, Jesus, appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Listen, folks, sin is not an issue that has not been dealt with by God. It has been dealt with. So why are we acting and talking as if it's not been dealt with? It, I think most of us, if we would start to believe this issue of sin has been taken care of, that we have been forgiven. And again, I will prove to you in a number of weeks, a really awesome case for forgiveness that we are fully forgiven. It's beautiful, but we'll get to that. Right now, we're only going to deal with the key text of what it says. And all, even if I use this term, it says it plainly. Not everything sounds plain because what it may seem to you to sound, what, what the text may say to you plainly may not say the same thing to me plainly. So I'm taking a look at the English language. Let's take a look to see what it says almost word for word. Hebrews 9.26. Again, this is a case of how God sees sin and humanity. And the reason I threw in humanity is because if we think God has something against humanity, we're going to see humanity that way as well. But if we, you and I, can see humanity the way God sees his creation, it's our hearts that are going to change. It is us that's going to have a mind renewal. It's us that's going to learn to love and accept people bigger and better. It's going to be us that becomes transformed, not because of new information, new revelation, but because of a revelation that has already been given. This is good news. Hebrews 9.26, he's been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. It happened at the cross. 1 John 2.2 2, in the Passion Translation says this, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, uh-oh, can you imagine what's coming next? I bet you can. Yep, it says it. Not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Let me read that again. 
This is way too important because uh, if you grew up with the same religious background I did, we were trained to become judgmental. We judge others. I remember uh, I went to a school in Waterloo. It was a public school. It was called Harold Wagner at the time. And there was a Catholic school up the street called St. Agnes. And uh, we would all walk past each other uh, as one group went to the public school. There's a group on the one side and then the other side, kids were walking up the street to the Catholic school. But we'd make fun of each other. And half the kids in the public school, they didn't go to church or anything like that, but they just, they kind of still had this God uh, idea in their culture because it was far more prominent back then. And we would make fun of each other. We would judge each other. Oh, you worship uh, Mary, so you cannot possibly be real Christians. They would judge us. Oh, you don't worship Mary. How can you possibly? Because we're the only holy church. And on and on the taunting began. And it took root in us. And some of you will have to admit it, and you can see it now. Hopefully, you've grown up way beyond that. But we've judged each other because we see everybody through a lens of sin. God doesn't. So why are we? Take a look at this verse again. 1 John 2, verse 2. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of of the whole world. I am not making this up. Go read it for yourself. If it does not sit well with your emotions, join the club. It certainly did not sit well with mine when I first heard this stuff. Honestly, I'm thinking this sounds like heresy because we threw that word around a lot, especially when we disagreed with something because my mind immediately ran to try and figure this out. Wait a minute, if that's true, then what about this? What about that? What about that? What if you have not been given the whole gospel? What if the real gospel of Jesus is better than what you and I have been told culturally? What if the love of God is bigger and wider, higher and deeper than what we've been told. And I promise you, the love of God is bigger, wider, deeper, higher than what we've been told. It's unfathomable. It's If you think God's love's big, it's bigger than that. If you can think beyond that, it's even bigger than what you think you can think of. It just keeps going. It's infinity. It doesn't stop. So the power of the cross, the power of what Jesus did on the cross and what, what he did to our sin, how he took it away, Either he pulled off a 100% perfect job or he failed. Think about that. Did Jesus fail at the cross? From half the teaching I've heard in the Western church, yes, he did fail because he only provided the forgiveness of sins for some people. If you say the right prayer, if you give enough money, if you become a church member and all that baloney, Jesus came to take care of the sin of the entire world world. And let's not forget it. First John 2 verse 12. I love this part. And this is again, this is about growing up. Uh, it says, I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Christ. Okay. Sorry for repeating this again, but uh, I'm not making this up. This is good news. John, 1 John 2, verse 12. I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven you through Jesus. 
if you keep reading in that text, he ends up talking about uh, to talk to adults. He speaks to young adults and back to children, adults, young adults. He's giving information of what stages of growth can look like. And I'll cover this one in a couple of weeks because it's coming. This is a really awesome text to, to visit. But what if the beginning of our spiritual journey, our Christian maturity, our faith maturity, if you want to use that word instead, our spiritual awakening to the love of God, what if the beginning of it as a child looks Looks like your sins are forgiven you. Yep, he does. So in that particular text in 1 John 2 uh, verse 12, he repeats it. He says, I speak to you children because you know your father. And to the young adults, he says, I speak to you young adults because you've overcome the evil one. And then he repeats it. I speak to you young adults because you've overcome the evil passions. But when he speaks to the adults, he repeats, says, he says, I speak to you adults because you know him who has been from the beginning. He says the exact same thing after. These are three stages of growth. All of us are in somewhere. And I thought there were many people way, way above me. In fact, I thought I was up in the adult stage because at one point I was a pastor. Okay. I've been a pastor for 29 years. But I tell you, I did not know I was fully forgiven until about 20 years ago. That means I was pastoring for at least nine years, not fully believing I was a forgiven person. I I, I was led to believe that this God would forgive me so long as I kept begging. And I would have to make sure I said I'm sorry for every single sin. We're going to talk about that confession part because there's some uh, misunderstandings of what confession can look like. But let's deal with the facts here. This is, again, telling us we have been forgiven. Romans 8.1 says, So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. <laughs> the case is closed. There's no accusing voice. Have you had an accusing voice? I grew up with one. And it still sneaks its way into my head once in a while. Oh my, please, please, please. Let's, let's not let an accusing voice come into our minds that suggests we have not been forgiven. You have been. And when we come back next week, I'm going to make sure I cover a continuation of this and you're going to find more and more good news. I look forward to seeing you with more good news next week. Thanks for tuning in. Are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in God who truly loves and accepts you? Hope Fellowship in North Waterloo meets every Sunday at 1030 and the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate. If you're looking for a safe place, a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of God's grace, welcome to Hope Fellowship, second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. Learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com and they do have that great coffee. Looking for a real estate agent that will put your needs before his? Terry Van Lenth is just that agent. Caring and honest are just two of Terry's best qualities, and they shine through in his real estate career. As a longtime resident of Waterloo Region, Terry is well acquainted with the area and its multitude of attractive amenities. For an agent that cares, call Terry Van Lenth at Coldwell Banker Peter Benninger Realty, 519-742-5800, extension 2060. 
You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 11.30 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 10.30 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.